0: Welcome to the latest edition of the Views from the Wings podcast, and you know, we had some some pretty big news this on on Monday morning, Uh Doug Peterson, he was officially let go as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach, and you know, I think we all saw coming when there was a second meeting that was going to happen, we just didn't know if, if the Eagles were actually going to fire him, and they did, and you know, they kind of put themselves behind the eight-bomb or head coaching search, but... They've been, they've been interviewing a few candidates like Robert Sala and Joe Brady and Deuce staley Rod Mayo and Arthur Smith. And unfortunately, Robert Sala and Arthur Smith got the job, got jobs. But, you know, Robert Sala, he was one of my top choices after reading, looking at his tape with the Niners. And I just think he would have been a, he would have been a perfect fit, fit in Philly. He would be, you know, be able to change the culture around culture and also he was such a he was a really good coach with the Niners and he was a integral part of them going to the Super Bowl in 2019 but he decided to take the job with the Jets and I guess that was his his first choice and he had two meetings with them and then you had Arthur Smith who was he was he interviewed with the Eagles on Thursday night and even even before he interviewed he was seen as a runner for that Falcons job, which he ended up getting yesterday. So kind of for the Eagles, they're kind of they have three candidates and Joe Brady, Deuce, and Mike Kafka, and we don't know which way they're going to go. So in Louis Press conference on Monday, he said that they're going to try to go on the offensive side, try to get an offensive coach. So, you know, we're kind of as fans and also as the people who cover the Eagles, we're kind of we're left in limbo because we don't know what's gonna happen, so yeah
1: yeah it's um it's gonna be a uh I think a long bit of a long coaching search because um you saw in the first press conference after Doug got fired where Lurie was saying how it's not necessarily a bad thing to um be picking last, so I don't necessarily agree with that school of thought because um, I think a lot of people actually kind of made fun of it um. <laughs> If you're if you're picking last, then you're getting the last pick, and you know that's yeah. that's, not, that's not ideal. But um, I I think um I think that they're zeroing in on Joe Brady. Uh, if I had to really put my uh, my eggs into one basket, it would be it would be with Joe Brady. And I think they're they're kind of holding him in the back pocket because I mean they interviewed him early on, and then you didn't really hear anything about it. You know, I mean when they when they brought in Salah, there was all the you know, everyone pretty much thought that he was going to be the guy. And yeah, you haven't heard a lot about Joe Brady, and I'm wondering if maybe Brady has, uh, you know, maybe verbally accepted, you know, behind the scenes with the Eagles. I don't know. I mean, this is pure conjecture. This is just me, you know, yeah. But um, to me, I think that's a possibility because there doesn't seem to be a lot of, you know, um, urgency with this with this coaching search and they're interviewing a lot of people and they're doing their due diligence and i've seen people be upset with that and i don't think there's anything wrong with interviewing the most amount of people you can you know mm-hmm. uh, there's a few guys I wouldn't want them to bring in like um i know they interviewed mayo for the head coach yeah, i think that's, yeah. that's huge be,
0: i would accept them as like the coordinator but not like head coach
1: yeah, and see that's maybe something that the Eagles could go back and say, Hey, man, we interviewed you for head coach. You know, we were like one of the only teams to do so. Why don't you come in and be DC for us? And you know, we, we gave us we gave because when other teams see coaches get head coaching interviews, that helps their resume. Even if they didn't get the job, you know, that helps you you know move yeah. your career along. So I think maybe that's something that they were doing, kind of just to play ahead in the future. Um, another one like Todd Bowles, I, they interviewed him or are planning to, I think. And I'm not. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean uh, he he didn't do anything for me, like he was a secondary coach in twelve and then he became the defensive coordinator after the Eagles fired Juan Castillo or somebody, whoever the defensive coordinator was. Mm-hmm. He wasn't I don't think he's a good coach. Like he's a good I don't think he's a good leader of men. I think he's a he's a good defensive coordinator like how he was with the Cardinals and now how he's mm-hmm. doing with the Buccaneers, but
1: yeah, and, and that's how I felt when he was with the Jets, because when he was the coach, head coach there, I, I always kind of felt it was a little – I mean, they didn't give him really a fair shot, but and it was a horrible situation, but I never yeah. really had the feeling he was like a, a true head coach, like a leader, like you said. Um, so those guys are probably the ones that would be like the very bottom of my list. Joe Brady, obviously, at the top. Brian Dabble seems like it's it's a pretty much foregone conclusion. He's going to, you know, L.A. I yeah. would hope not, but um, what do you think about Dabble?
0: Um. I think he would he would be definitely be a good good um coach here. He knows like he's worked under Sabin and Belichick. That's kind of he's been in those environments where it's, it can be very contentious, and that's what's happening in Philly right now. Like there's a lot of questions in the air, like what's going to happen. And I think he would be a perfect. You also need to look for a coach who would be a perfect, you know, perfect fit for the city, like. Somebody who's willing to get their nose dirty and be able to, you know, like, like bring that blue collar, blue collar to the to the team. And yeah, like you said, I just think he's he's a front runner for the for the Chargers job. Like that would be the perfect fit with with them because of Justin Herbert and then all the talent they have on offense and defense. So mm-hmm. I don't see him. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just. I don't see the Eagles interviewing him at all. I think he's. I think the Chargers are waiting to for him because he has a playoff game later tonight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think they're giving they're giving him the bills and the, him the respect of going through the playoffs and what, whether he they get eliminated today or in the conference championship game or even even if they make the Super Bowl. I think you kind of have to give him give them the respect because I that can be looked at as quote unquote tampering and you don't you haven't seen any of the coaches who who've been hired are in the playoffs anymore.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, outside uh, those top two, Joe Brady, Brian Dabble, my top two probably picks, Dabble's obviously long shot, most likely not gonna happen. Um, you
0: have um you have Eric Bienemi who's yeah. still he's one of those coach like I I don't understand why he's not getting interviews. Like it's i think I'm I was hurting. reading a report, I think Damon he brought it up to me and asked him why, and he said he pointed me to this article saying that he had like he had some disciplinary issues back in <laughs> nineteen ninety eight so that's kind of it's stupid i just you know i just I just think if he does a bad job with somebody, he's never gonna get a coaching opportunity again, and if I were him, why would i? I know a head coaching opportunity is very int- – it helps further your career, but
1: mm-hmm. you've got
0: a guy in Patrick Mahomes who's just lighting the world on fire. Why would you want to leave that? The only way I would be a head coach is once Andy Reid retires. That's probably mm-hmm. – because the situation is already set there. You have a quarterback who's a, who already has a contract extension and he's probably going to be there for the next 10 to 15 years. So why not just stay there? But,
1: Yeah. And he, he's in a good situation, and he really—I mean—it's—he's got all the leverage in the world because he could stay. I mean, he could stay in KC for the next decade and and win three, four, five more Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. that's you know, going to further his career. And B. he does have a little bit of an Eagles connection. He played for Lurie, um in '99, so um, there is that. You know, obviously the Andy Reid connection. My, and I was just—it was so strange to me because um, you know the the first the narrative was well, B. Enemy. People aren't interviewing him because, you know, he's they're most likely going to be, be in the Super Bowl, and I get that. But then, why is there all this um, devotion towards uh, Mike, Mike Kafka with, with the Eagles? Because I mean, he's on the same roster. You can't interview him till the Super Bowl's over. So why is he like even in the mix there? So you can
0: you can uh, you can do with coaches that are in the playoffs. I think you can do like Zoom interviews, but you mm-hmm. can't do like in person. So that's kind of. Well, you, you could have, have throwing a, a wrench into Eagles' plan a little bit, but,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like right. I said before, uh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was, I was just say, just um, them firing Doug late kind of screwed him too because they, they missed the window to interview. Um,
0: I don't think I don't think Lurie had the intention of firing Doug, and I just think that meeting. Uh, I think last two, not this past Tuesday, but the previous Tuesday, I just think that meeting went so bad that you know Lurie had he had to. He just had to, he he like I think we saw the report of Doug trying to bring <laughs> trying to promote Press Taylor to offensive coordinator, trying to bring back Corey Unlin to be the DC. I just think that was like the straw that broke the camel's back for Doug. Like, yeah,
1: and I I tweeted about this. I was in a, getting a conversation with someone I can't remember, but to uh, I think it was um, Vincent. Birimagi on Twitter. I can't remember. I don't know how to say his last name, but <laughs> um, anyway, we were talking about um, how you know, kind of what, what happened. What what was the straw that broke it? And I was I was thinking like, because I, I mean, I was kind of lamenting the loss of Doug because I mean, it is like a it is a big loss. You know, he's he's uh, he's kind of been the Eagles' identity for the last few years, and um, I was kind of saying, well, maybe it was to the point because I remember a few weeks ago. You know, when the season was still going on, um, there was those reports where Doug, met, you know, might not necessarily be unhappy if he got fired. It was like some weird report, where, like he didn't want to be fired, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And yeah. I think maybe um, those feelings came to a head as the season progressed, as this and once the season finished. And um, I think Doug probably kind of was saying, <laughs> I think I really think he went into that meeting like, fuck it, if if they now they want. Now they want my input, you know, they want me to, to you know, devise a, a plan and a vision when he probably hasn't had as much of a say as I thought he's had, you know. So he goes into that meeting a little jaded and a little pissed off. He's like, okay, so you want me to, you know, you want me to make decisions now? I want all of my guys back. I want everyone that I wanted on my old coaching staff, I want them all back with me. And he probably knew the reaction that was going to get. Yeah. And probably more just like a fuck you to the front office and fuck you to, you know, Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie. Like, because when I look at this team now, um, kind of with hindsight, and I, I push back on this narrative a lot where um, Doug didn't have a lot of control. And I thought it was kind of bullshit. I'm like, man, it's, it's Doug Peterson. How is he not going to have control? And I thought it was like cop-outs for him. But if when you look and the Eagles, I don't know if you saw the report, but they wanted apparently to fire Doug post-2016. They yeah, want- I saw that. They wanted to get rid of Frank Reich, too, and Doug had to go to bat for Frank Reich. So this, I mean, it kind of leads me to believe they never fully trusted Doug, and I touched on this weeks ago, how, you know, when they when they hired Doug, it wasn't their first choice. They they brought in the Jim Shorts, a former head coach, to be the head coach of the defense. So when he doesn't have that trust, I think that there was a distrust issue from day one with Howie and Doug, and I think that there was... You know, in the back of Howie's mind, he didn't really want Doug. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, I think that this relationship. I think winning the Super Bowl was such a unseen event for Howie Roseman and for honestly for probably all of them, considering the fact how tumultuous, tumultuous it was going into 2017. I mean, when you're coaching you've got to fight for your offensive coordinator and you got to fight for your own job, and you know you're getting asked all these hard questions. I don't think you would probably expect to go in and win the Super Bowl the next year. Or maybe that that played a part. Maybe that played. Maybe Doug, you know, was like, "I'm, I'm backed into a corner. I got to do something here." So, I just think that the relationship between Doug and Howie has never been as good as I thought it was. Maybe as good as most of us thought it was. So, um, you know, yeah. when came into that meeting with those suggestions. I think that was the final straw, and it just uh, it kind of severed it.
0: Yeah, just it's just that after you know Robert saw took the job with the Jets, it's kind of like. Oh, uh, what do we do now? Who's the next co- gonna? Who's the next like hot guy out there, hot mm-hmm. coaching commodity? And it's just like, I know the Eagles have had a lot of interest with Lincoln Riley. Um, I think if you, if you if they end up hiring Lincoln Riley, then I just think that that basically once his time in Philadelphia is done, I just I think that wouldn't be smart. I think you at least should, should try to um, give Wentz a shot with Lincoln Riley. Just give him one more year. If it doesn't work out, then trade him to another team. But maybe maybe Lincoln Riley sees Wentz as somebody who he can, you know, turn around like how, how he did with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts and what he's doing now with uh, his freshman quarterback, Spencer Rattler. So you never know what's – in the mind of Lincoln Riley, but I doubt he leaves such a safe spot in Norman where he's consistently winning Big 12 titles every single year. He's either, he's competing for national championships. Maybe not competing, but going to the playoff probably every, he's been to the playoff every single year except for one, which was this year. So you're kind of leaving like a, you have a stable, you're in a, you basically he basically controls Norman because of Oklahoma's this football team, and he recruits his own players. He has his own staff. He runs his own offense. So I don't know why he would want to leave such a safe space for such a mess that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And we don't know how he would do well in you know in a city like Philadelphia where he comes from, like a small town. So it's kind of you know it's risk reward, but I just. I don't see him leaving at all. Like, why would you, why would you want to leave?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm there with you too. Um, I think that he's just got, it, it's too good of a situation over there. And there's really, there's really no reason for him to leave. Cause like you said, I mean, he, he runs shit down there. So I yeah. mean, he's, got, he's a God down there. And, um, it, I think that it's going to take like a, a boatload of money to lure him out. Um, and I don't think that the Eagles are in the right spot organization wise. Um, and, just where they're where they're at as as a team and as a roster, I think that it's probably a long shot for Lincoln Riley. I would be I would be open for it. I do think it is 100 percent a huge high risk high reward um, type of hire, and it, it's a lot. It, it it is a Eagles hire. I will say it, it is a type of coach that the Eagles would be highly interested in. It mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of kind of like Chip Kelly, where you know he had it great in Oregon. Kind of a, a pretty similar situation where you know he was constantly in in the not necessarily playoffs, but constantly in national championship contention. Um had, he had a great
0: yeah huh? Mariota who was just first year starter mm-hmm. who was really good and turned out to be really good for the Ducks but yeah he kind of left uh, a, mixed, a made situation to come to like he had good two good years in Philadelphia but the third year was just a unmitigated disaster and it kind of showed the mess the Eagles were in and two years later the Eagles were able to win the Super Bowl, but now we're back to that yeah. to that mess again and you know, it's it's just, um who would want to take this Eagles job, you know you would have to be a yes man to Howie and Jeff. I don't I don't think any corner would want that. I I think one one part that could be telling is if Joe it's been reported that Joe Brady has a very his Staff is very is an all star staff. If the Eagles are willing to have to bring in Joe Brady and that staff, I think that that will tell you a lot of what the Eagles have been going through and what they've seen, and they probably would need to. You know, I'll usually give the head coach a little bit of control, but not a lot. But mm-hmm. yeah, and it all ties down back to Carson Wentz, and you know, Mike Garafolo earlier to say, today said that the Eagles are. Legal front office are very; they want to fix Wentz and bring him back to the his status from seventeen to nineteen, and you know that's kind of that's kind of that's a little bit of a interesting selling point to the to to a potential coach because you don't know if the that coach prefers Hurst over Wentz so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you know we had a report today coming out from Jeff McLean saying that there was all sorts of dysfunction of the org- organization that Wentz and Peterson they really didn't get along and you know Wentz was just changing place just to spite, despite despite the Peterson and it's a mess and you know we have people on Twitter saying oh the Eagles should get rid of Wentz and oh he's being babied and all that but let me before I turn it over to you I just think like enough with all these these reports coming out every single weekend about anonymous sources. And if you're going to put out a report, if you're going to put your name, put your name to it, I guess like that's all I can say. I know I get not putting your name out there. And if you do, you're going to get so much blowback and people aren't going to respect you. But this is the third straight year where we've had reports targeting, targeting Wentz as such a, you know, he's a bad teammate and, and everything is just, it's just like enough is enough. Let's just move on from it because I guarantee you we're probably going to get another another report next next weekend or something. So I'm just like, huh, it's just a mess, man.
1: Well, it seems like um, – and first of all, I'll just go on to say, like Jeff McLean is not the best um, reporter in my eyes. <laughs> um, I, I think he exaggerates a lot. I think he um, – I think he likes to stir shit up. Um, just and when I was reading that article, just um, one thing that stood out was, or when I saw on Twitter too was uh, Tyler Steggy tweeted this out, um, and I don't know if you saw it. It just got. Just, I just saw it right before we started recording. Um, it was um, an excerpt from the, the article where McLean was saying that Wince had, or that Howie, Ros- Howie Roseman has a life-sized um, poster yeah. of. How- Carson Wentz in his office, and it's almost like, and yet he likened it to like uh, a, a child having a fat head of his favorite player on his wall, and that right there is disingenuous to me, man. And when I read that, I don't
0: think it was—I don't think he was trying to. I, it was L.A. Short Parks who said that that the Eagles had a Howie Roseman had a fat head, and it was just a—it was basically just a quote with Wentz on one side and Fletcher Cox on the other. And a bunch right. of other players in the background. I don't just, I don't get the point of what's such, mm-hmm. what's such a big deal about that.
1: Well, at the end of the day, it's Jeff McLean's article, and he can fact check that. It's extremely easy to get a fucking inside look of Howie Roseman's office. You know what I'm saying? And if he – he knows – I'm sure he's seen it before, so he would have to know what, what ESP was referring to. So I just think the way he framed it was, was really shitty, and I think he knows what he's doing when he when he does it like that because, I mean, he didn't like – he mentioned Fletcher Cox was over there, but it wasn't like – it wasn't highlighted like it was about Blaine. And I think right there just kind of shows us how does the media feels about Carson Wentz. Um, and I would, I will say, when there's smoke, this much smoke, there's usually some something to it. And yeah. you know how Wentz is as a teammate. You know, all we know is from what we hear from these these anonymous reports. And I will say that for all these anonymous anonymous reports, the people that come out and say shit with their name behind it, it's always great stuff. Chris Long, Torrey Smith, all these former players that were on that team, they have nothing but great things to say about Carson Wentz. So, it's it's weird to me that all the bad things that get said are always behind the scenes. And maybe maybe the Eagles did quote unquote annoy Wentz a little too early. Maybe they did try to like credit him for that Super Bowl win and maybe try to appease his ego. Because it was a weird situation where, you know, you're the guy, you get the – you're the franchise, and then you let – and then the backup comes in, you know. And then there, there's so much, you know, behind the scenes that we don't see that these players deal with mentally. I can't imagine the mental toll that would take. And, and the Eagles probably understood that, and they probably wanted to, like, make sure Wentz was extra reassured that he was the guy. And you can say that's wrong. You can say that's babying and You say they, they handled it the wrong way. I don't know, man. Maybe, this, maybe it helped give Wentz a big head. I truly don't know. We're not in the building. All we know is we hear these anonymous reports of, you know, he's not a good teammate or, or whatever. But then you hear there are conflicting reports from people that were his teammate that loved him. So I think that, you know, this story is not a story anymore. Like, obviously, the media has their agenda. They know exactly how they feel about Carson Wentz. You know, there's, there's not much more that we can learn from them trying to attack his character, trying to undermine – his relationship with the organization or with the, with his teammates so it's it's a strange situation and it's it gets old it gets tiring um, and I don't you're right I don't think it's gonna end anytime soon um, unless you know something drastic changes where something somehow it gets put to bed all these all these uh, reports and accusations
0: yeah and I just think as a person like a matter of what he once is going through every single week you have articles being exposing what type of person you are and then coming from national media, the beat writers, fans, like as a, as a person, you can't just, you know, you can't just sit back and take, it. I don't know if he's going to respond. I doubt he will. Cause I don't <clears> think that's the person he is. He's probably screaming right now. Like he's probably pissed at this moment, but I don't think he's, he can't, he's in a lose lose situation if he says something about it. So it's like, like you said, the Eagles—they put themselves in this mess. They have nobody but to blame from themselves. And you know, it's—I just my thing is, I think you just stick it out with Carson for one more year. If he performs like how he did from 17 to 19, then you stick stick with him. The question is, what do you do with Jalen Hurts? Like, right? do you trade him or do you keep him? Because that's, a, that's another think, thing. Mm-hmm. Go
1: ahead. Oh, I was going to say I, I would think you probably have to trade him, which is it's extremely ironic because the whole reason they allegedly drafted him was you know because Wentz has health issues and they got sick of draft uh, taking a you know signing a backup for one year and then having to find a new backup and it's ironic because they you know they apparently drafted Hurts to be that long term backup that you can have for cheap for four years when after less than a full year you already had a controversy like we all predicted would happen and now you're now you're stuck in a spot where you kinda have to get rid of him or every time Wood screws up, you know, he's gonna have Jalen Hurts right there. So
0: Yeah, I just I think if if the Eagles do get a coach who's who's really interested in fixing Carson Wentz, then I think Jalen Hurts is gone. You can get like what? You probably can get him like m- maybe a mid round pick for him, maybe a sec, a third or a
1: fourth. I would say you could definitely get a third. I would imagine you can at least get a third. I mean, he's he, he didn't show he was anything less than a second round pick. I don't think. I mean, he was taken in the second round. I think he played about second round quarterback value, you know, as rookie as you would uh, expect from a rookie. But yeah, I don't...
0: yeah, he had a chance to end all this quarterback controversy by playing well down the stretch and make at least getting the Eagles to playoffs and he just he didn't do that and that just left the door open for Carson and now Carson you couldn't i guess he's happy that doug is gone like because I, I, just, I don't think they liked each other liked each other at all maybe the first two years they were buddy buddy and they liked each other a lot and i just think i was Time went on, their relationship went downhill, and yeah, I, I, think, I think once we'll be back, I just, I, there's no way he's going to be traded because of that cap hit, so he's going yeah. to think- be here. I think Jalen mean, Hurts is going to be here, and that's a very interesting question that the Eagles have to answer in the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think he's on the team, um, and I think he's probably going to – I think he'll probably be the starter of week one. Um, I got, I have confidence that he'll get back to where he was. I think, you know, it hinges a lot on the head coach, but I think he's going to be the guy.
0: Yeah, well, with a little time we have remaining, let's just go over the the playoff games this weekend. So you have Packers, Rams later today, and then Bills, Ravens, and then tomorrow – Browns, Chiefs, and then and then Saints and Bucks. So, I'll give my predictions for all all four games. I think Packers win, Bills win, Chiefs win, and then Saints win. What do what, what do you say?
1: Um. So let's see here. I would gotta say I think the Packers game is gonna be closer than you think. Um, Jalen Ramsey. I think if Jalen Ramsey is able to shut down a uh, Devontae Adams, it's gonna change that game. But I've got to go Green Bay just at home. It's going to be really tough for L.A. to beat them there, and Aaron Rodgers is MVP. So. Um, Ravens-Bills later tonight. Man, that's a really tough one. I don't know how that one goes. That's in Buffalo, correct? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I keep betting against Lamar Jackson, and I think I'm going to go Josh Allen in the Bills, so – yeah, I think the Bills win that one. Chiefs Browns, that's easy. Chiefs win. Um Bucks Saints, that's going to be a fun one and I'm going to go Bucks. I think the Bucks go ahead and uh take it to them.
0: Yeah. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady wins that, but I just think the Saints are playing their defense is playing really well and you have Al- Alvin Kamara and um Michael Thomas back, so yeah.
1: What did we go in our picks last week? I didn't even check.
0: I remember I picked the Bills to win. Then I picked the – I said the Rams would win if golf played. He ended up playing day one. Picked the the Buccaneers, and I picked the Ravens to win. Yep. Saints, and then I picked the Steelers with the Browns won.
1: So I went 5-1. So you and went 5-1. So I went, I went Bills. I went Seahawks. You picked the Rams, right? Yeah. Yeah, I went Seahawks. So I was one and one. Bucks two and one. Um, I picked the Titans two and two. I was four and two. So you did. You got one up on me.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll come to you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll have an indication of who the Eagles will be hiring as their head coach, or they'll be in the same position that they are the past few days. So we'll leave it at that. Fly Eagles, fly.